Love Talk Radio. Yo, yo. Hey, what's up, man? Welcome to the Sky Box. This is your boy, Tails. Oh, so enough, so enough, so enough. Let's kick it fast because we only had, we only had less than an hour. All right, let's get it then. Uh, let's start with the quick three. Uh, quick three is going to start off with um, with Marshawn Lynch, actually. Uh, he's normally soft-spoken, uh, retired running back, actually did an appearance on the on the late show with Conan O'Brien, the night show with Conan O'Brien this past Tuesday. And during this sit-down interview, it was mostly lighthearted. Uh, with him mentioning about his new candy bar he was getting ready to release. And he even gave out a golden ticket to a lucky uh, studio audience member to check out the factory where the candy bar was being made, a la Willie But there was a point in the, uh, in the interview where uh, Marshawn Lynch was asked about the Colin Kaepernick situation and him and you know, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem. Um, Lynch provided a very short but very strong take on the uh, Kaepernick situation and um, showed his support for the uh, the NHC 49ers backup quarterback. He said, quote, with what's going on, I'd rather see him take a knee than stand up, put his hands up, and get murdered. So, I mean, my take on it is shit got got to start somewhere, and if that was the starting point, I just hope people open their eyes that it's really a problem going on and something needs to be done for it to stop. And, I mean, if you're really not racist, then you won't see what he's doing in America, but just addressing a problem that um, Lynch's appearance on The Tonight Show came basically hours after it was revealed during a press conference by Kaepernick that he was receiving death threats for his actions. Uh, Kaepernick uh, addressed the media Tuesday afternoon and said about the backlash that, quote, there's a lot of racism, there's patriotism in this country, and people don't like to address that, and they don't like to address what the root of this protest is. Uh, you can go online to complex.com. There is a um, clip that you can watch of uh, Marshawn Lynch giving his thoughts on the Kaepernick situation, but it's obvious that Kaepernick continues to get not only detractors, but also a lot of support for, uh, for his, for his uh, protest. Alright, number two on the quick three, um, one of the world's one of the world's most premier bodybuilding competitions took place recently with the Mr. Olympia uh, pageant. And Phil Heath once again has proven that he is one of the greatest uh, bodybuilding men to uh, take the stage. And on Saturday night in the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, he once again took the title of Mr. Olympia. Uh, The man... um, the man has just absolutely dominated the Mr. Olympia pageant, winning the title, 
six consecutive years. What are you looking for again? Muhammad. Six consecutive years. He has tied Dorian Yates, who also was his consecutive Mr. Olympia titles uh, from 1992 to 1997 and is now has most wins ever in the competition. Only five men, including Keith, have won this award five or more, more times. Um, he, he placed in first. Sean Roden placed second. Dexter Jackson third. Big Ramy at fourth. And William Bonack placed fifth in the uh, competition. And he not only did not he not only did he walk away with a nice trophy for his big guns, but he also walked away with a nice. Uh, nice big check as well. He walked away with four hundred thousand dollars as a uh, first place winner. Um, Sean Roden came in second, took home one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And Roden, who is a native of Jamaica, played, had his highest finish ever at this competition. His previous high finish was third in the previous two Mr. Olympias which improved on a fourth-place finish in 2013. Uh, Dexter Jackson finished in third. Uh, he is a previous Mr. Olympia winner back in 2008, and he continues uh, his impressive career despite turning 47 in two months. Uh, his third-place result was a big top three finish for uh, fourth Jackson in his career. But congratulations to uh, Heath, who for the sixth straight year, has has once again the title of Mr. Olympia, and next year we'll have an opportunity to tie Arnold Schwarzenegger with seven Mr. Olympia titles while becoming the first man to win seven in a row since Ronnie Coleman won eight in a row between 1998 and 2005. So congratulations to him. And uh, finally in the quick three, uh, uh, just recently... Uh, WWE women's superstar Paige finally quelled the rumors about her status with the WWE. Uh, rumors surfaced recently uh, after her real-life boyfriend, Alberto Del Rio, was released from his contract while he was on suspension for a wellness policy violation that Paige was going to do like Punk and AJ Lee and follow behind Del Rio out the door. But last Wednesday... Page releasing a statement on Twitter quelled those rumors, clarifying that she is staying with the WWE. She said in her release quote, let me begin by saying that the rumors that I'm leaving the WWE are completely false. I certainly look forward to returning back to action at some point once my injury is treated and on a healthy return. Uh, she also uh, addressed the cause of her 30-day suspension uh, as a result of wellness policy violation. She said that uh, without giving so many details, uh, that she did not feel her success because she didn't take it in time, and because she didn't take it in time, that's what led to her yep. suspension. Um, she actually passed the drug test, but because she took it so late, she was uh, that's why she was suspended. Saying, quote, although I was disappointed by my suspension, I respect the WWE's wellness policy. However, let me be clear that I was not suspended for failing a drug test, it was mere due to a procedural issue. I took the test. I passed it. So that's uh, so she not only addressed the, the rumors about her departure, but also her drug test. But Paige is scheduled to come back uh, very soon. She is currently dealing with um, an injury that um, 
she is still recovering from, but once she has recovered from that and her suspension is lifted, she is expected to be back on TV very soon. Forward to seeing Paige back, but hopefully she doesn't get buried because of all of this drama that's been going on. Uh, but that's your quick three for tonight here on the Scott Ball. And now, um, let's see. So hopefully you guys have had a great week and uh, are re- and are ready for week three of the NFL. We'll get into week two of the NFL tonight because uh, I'm pretty sure that you all know who we're going to discuss uh, when it comes to week two and what happened in week two. Uh, but I definitely I want to get into wrestling. I want to get into wrestling. I want to get into wrestling and talk about what happened this past week uh, on wrestling as uh, the WWE is getting ready to uh, have the first uh, Raw exclusive pay-per-view coming up this uh, this coming this coming Sunday. On this uh, Sunday. Raw exclusive pay-per-view uh, Clash Champions uh, on the WWE yep. Network. And uh, before we get into that, let's get into what happened this past week on uh, WWE television, shall we? Uh, let's start with Raw with uh, a go-home show to uh, Clash Champions. Uh, well, uh, I didn't see Raw nor SmackDown, so I don't know. Well, I can. I'm sorry. I've been at work. Yeah, I've been at work. That 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 work tax that work tax it, it happens. But um, this past Monday on Raw, uh, Dana Brooke put her foot in her mouth and got her her her, her mentor put into not a singles match against Sasha Banks, but a triple threat match. The women's champ- the Raw Women's Championship will now be defended in a triple threat match with Charlotte defending against not only Sasha Banks, but also Bailey, thanks to Dana Brooke pointing out that it was a double pin in the triple threat number one contenders match a couple of weeks ago, um, and trying to make the argument that the uh, that neither one should be the number one contender, uh, Mick Foley ended up putting both of them women in the match uh, for the title and then put um, Charlotte and Dana Brooke in a tag match against Sasha and Bailey, in which uh, Charlotte and Dana Brooke were, in fact, victorious. But that still can put a very dark cloud over Charlotte's title reign when she has to face not one, but two very talented women for her championship. And that's something I'm looking forward to. Um, also, um, they further some other storylines. Of course, we all know that the main event of Clash of Champions will be uh, Kevin Owens challenge, uh, Kevin Owens defending his Universal Championship against uh, Seth Rollins. It's not a triple threat match because uh, Roman Reigns will be getting a title shot. He will be facing Rusev for the United States Championship as it was announced this past Monday on Raw. So your boy Booty Hairs will get another shot at the U.S. title. Yeah, man. Honestly, I think he might win. Say so. You know what? I'm fifty-fifty on it. Cause I mean, I'm glad they're making Rusev look dominant again. Yeah, yeah, cause he. He went after Roman after the after that cage match with Kevin Owens, and he really 
beat the living crap out of Roman Reigns. So that kind of that kind of gives you know if you think about you know WWE logic, he dominated Reigns at the end like at the go home show. That Reigns is gonna turn around and win, but you never know. But we'll see. And then um, the tag team championship was defended. Um, the New Day was in a uh, was actually in a ten man tag match with uh, Enzo and Cass and Sami Zayn against uh, Chris Jericho, uh, Anderson and Gallows, and uh, the Shining Stars, who are starting to um, get a little bit of a leg up on the uh, tag team division of Raw. Uh, Enzo and Cass, uh, Enzo actually got the pinfall victory in that 10-man tag with the boom shot, with the bottom boom shakalaka, and the faces actually were victorious, but this Sunday, the New Day, and their year-plus-long reign of tag team champions could once again be in jeopardy when they face the club with Anderson and Gallo for those tag team championships. Uh, and also, the, uh, so that's all the championships that are going to be on the line in that, mat, in that event. Uh, also, Sammy Zayn is going to be facing uh, Chris Jericho in a singles matchup, which I can't wait to see that. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a good matchup. I can't wait for that one. I definitely can't wait for that. Oh, that's gonna be a classic. Um, yeah, I can't wait. That's gonna be fun to watch. I just I, that's gonna be so fun to watch. Um, also, um, they have some other some other matchups going on here. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, fight like Cesaro uh, managed to tie the series at three apiece in the best of seven with uh, Sheamus, uh, and that'll lead to their seventh and final match taking place at Clash of the Champ at Clash of Champions this Sunday between Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, the winner is expected to get a champion expected to get a championship match for uh, against whatever champion they choose. Uh, in the near future, uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. That's gonna be good. Uh, that's gonna be yeah. fun to watch. I mean, I've, I've been, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I've enjoyed the series. I've enjoyed the best of seven series. Um, it's very rare that they do a best of seven series, but they, you know, they do it. And it's good. Honestly, I think they should do it like more often. I ain't gonna say don't, oh, don't, don't overdo it, but do it more often. Don't let it be another decade before you do one. Right. Because I'm trying and, to think uh, the last best of seven series before this one was what? Cena, what? Cena versus Booker T? Yeah, either that or uh, Booker T versus Benoit. One of them two. It and, might have um, been one of them. And then uh, I had a, a, a bit of an oversight, but I'm, I'm going to correct it now. There is another championship to be defended. That's the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. The Cruiserweights had their show. They finally had their first match on Raw this past Monday. A fatal four-way between uh, Cedric Alexander, uh, Brian Kendrick, Brad Metalik, and um, what is that other kid's name? Jesus Christ. How could I forget that kid's name? Uh, uh, what is his name? What is it? Can you handle it? Can you handle it all night? That kid. I can't remember his name. I'm stumped too. Rich Swan. Rich Swan. Rich Swan. They had a fatal four way to determine who's going to face CJ Perkins for his first title defense at Clash of Champions. And Brian Kendrick, the, basically the elder statesman of that group, ended up getting the victory with his bully choke now called the Captain Hook. 
got a tap out victory, and now he will challenge CJ Perkins for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. So, in all, five championships will be on the line, and in the kickoff show, uh, Alicia Fox is actually going to get a rematch against Nia Jax in the kickoff show. Uh, last time these those two faced off against each other, Nia Jax feared her to uh, barricade her up. So, they're going to get another wow. go at it. So, yeah, they're, that's what's going to happen. So, you have five championships on the line. You have Cesaro, Sheamus, in the seventh, their seventh and final match. Zay versus Jericho. Alicia Fox versus Nia Jax. So, I have to ask you, Jill, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good will this, do you think the show will be? Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a high seven. On paper, it sounds good, but so did SummerSlam. But yeah, when it came to the actual <laughs> show, it was just horrible. So I'm not gonna put any high expectations on the show. Right. I mean, Backlash was cool. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But uh, I just uh. I think uh, I'm not gonna put no high expectations on Night of Champions or Clash of Champions. Hopefully, it will live up. It will surpass my seven, because I nine times out of ten will be sitting down to watch it on the network. I'll probably be pissy drunk, but I'll still be watching it somewhere on the network. <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to agree with you that it's going to probably be a seven. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, to the main event because, you know, both those guys can go. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing three of the four horsewomen uh, in that triple threat match. That's going to be fun to watch. I mean, if it's anything like the WrestleMania match with Becky Lynch instead of Bailey, I think it's going to be even better with Bailey in there. Uh, I'm looking forward to Cesaro Sheamus at best seven to finish it off, and I'm definitely looking forward to that cruiserweight title match, getting to see C.J. Perkins dabbing all over the place, and Brian Kendrick, he Brian Kendrick, boy, like, you know what I'm saying, he ain't got, he ain't got the big man with him, but he's still going to be doing his thing, so uh, I'm looking forward to, to that. Um, real quick, SmackDown was, uh, was pretty good, too. They had uh, Miz versus... Diggler in what was a pretty, was a really good match. Uh, it was probably better than their match at um, at Backlash, I'll say. Um, it was really, really uh, back and forth. Uh, Maurice tried to get involved, the ref caught her and rejected her, but she ended up leaving the spray, the, the little spray can there, and Miz ended up using it to uh, blind Ziggler and hit him with the skull pressing finale to once again retain his icy title. So, uh, he's still the IC champion. No telling who's going to challenge him next. Uh, uh, Apollo Crews and Baron Corbin fought, which was an okay match, whatever. Uh, the Usos, who I swear to God, they look like they'd be on a mixtape mix cover, I swear to God. Uh, they beat American Alpha to become number one contender for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. They're going to face uh, the uh, Beauty and the Beast. Heath Slater and Rhino at uh, the next SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view, which is Unforgiven. Well, No Mercy, I'm sorry. Uh, coming up in October. Uh, also, uh, 
John Cena and Dean Ambrose fought in a pretty, really good contest uh, that saw Dean Ambrose actually win, not with Dirty Deeds, but with an actual roll-up, a sunset flip pin. Uh, and then AJ Styles attacked Cena with the fly, with the phenomenal forearm, and then hit and then attacked Dean Ambrose. But then um, Daniel Bryan announced uh, right before the show went off the air that next Tuesday, on SmackDown Live, AJ Styles will defend the WWE World Championship against Dean Ambrose in a one-on-one contest live on SmackDown. And then Dean Ambrose hit him with Dirty Deeds to end the show. But, uh, yeah, oh, wow. that's something to look forward to. It's going to be Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles for the World Championship next Tuesday on SmackDown. Oh, wow. I, that should, I mean, that should be a great match. That should be a great match. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. I can't wait for that one. So, And then um, Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss signed their contract for their women's SmackDown Women's Championship match at No Mercy. And Alexa Bliss attacked uh, uh, Becky Lynch to, you know, gain a measure, uh, upper hand on her. They're going to face off against each other at No Mercy. And Becky Lynch's first uh, defense of her uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, can't wait for that. So, uh, basically, and then, like I said, the Intercontinental Championship, there's still no challenger for that one. Now that Ziggler has once again been beaten by the Miz. So, right now, there's no challenger for the Intercontinental Championship, but the No Mercy pay-per-view is still about like less than a month away, so I'm sure the new challenger will emerge um, between now and then, so, but for right now, No Mercy's card is already you know starting to take shape. Uh, triple threat match for the World Championship, AJ Styles defending against John Cena and Dean Ambrose. Uh, there's a possibility that Ambrose could walk in as a champion. I highly doubt it, but we'll see. Uh, Becky Lynch versus uh, Alexa Bliss for the uh, women's for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, the Usos challenging Slater and Rhino for the Tag Championships. Uh, and again, there's no uh, Intercontinental Championship match set, but I'm pretty sure there will be one set pretty soon. Uh, but for the most part, uh, SmackDown and Raw both, you know, Raw had a pretty decent uh, go home show. Uh, SmackDown had a pretty good show as well. But I'm definitely looking forward to Clash of Champions. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. So let's, let's, let's move on to some football. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Week two. Wow. I wow. got to ask you an honest question, Chills. I got to ask you an honest question when it comes to week two. Go ahead. Go ahead. With the reports coming out that some players on the Redskins are already complaining about Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins came out and said, you know, it's it's you know it's natural to feel this way, but you know I have to step up as a leader and I have to step up as a player. Do you feel the Redskins are already in trouble? Uh, yes and no. Yes, because the simple fact that it's coming out in the DC media, which isn't hard to do. Now that they're getting, because once that happens, they get attention that they really don't want in their locker room. Now the D.C. media is really going to attack like they've done in the past. But honestly, it can also 
it could also it also could change. I mean, Kirk must prove that he is worthy of that long term deal that he was trying to get. Worthy of being a franchise quarterback and a leader of an NFL franchise. So, I mean, honestly, next week, well, this coming Sunday, we could or we could see a different Kirk Cousins. We could see the Kirk Cousins from half of last season, from the second half of last season, come back starting Sunday. I mean, it's only been two games, and he has, what, one touchdown versus three interceptions. I mean, all he has to do is just settle down and get comfortable and play the game that he's known to be able to play. I mean, it's been plenty of times where a team has started 0-2 and still made the playoff. I mean, right now, I'm not going to say the Redskins are in a good spot, but they're not in a spot where they can't come back, where they can't come back from and turn the tables. I mean, with the frustration going on with the locker room, I mean, of course you're frustrated. I mean, the quarterback is uncomfortable. He doesn't – he's not making good decisions. He's overthrowing receivers. He's underthrowing receivers. He's not making the right reads. He's only settling for his check down. He's not completely reading the field. I mean, there's so much going on. To the point where, okay, we have all this talent. I understand it from that point of view. The Redskins have surrounded Kirk Cousins with a lot of talent around him. So I can understand the fact that he's not succeeding with all the talent in the world. I mean, you give an average quarterback some of the receivers that we have, and I think they can, they can produce. But honestly, this could be something that can be fixed and adjusted. So I wouldn't work, I wouldn't be too much into it, but on a media on a media side, yeah, it can cause a, it can be more disastrous than what it already is. I will say this: um, that that game against the Cowboys is very very competitive. I, it's been a while since I've actually seen a competitive uh, Redskins Cowboys game. I mean, the 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 hype for the game wasn't wasn't there, but the game itself was very competitive. Uh, it just sucks that we ended up having to lose it. But I don't think the team is in trouble yet. I don't, because it's still it's still early. Um, all you got, if you can go into, into New York, into the Meadowlands on this Sunday and, and beat the Giants, uh, even though the Giants are four and a half point favorites, um, go in and beat the Giants, I think that could turn, turn things around a little bit. And then you come back home and beat Cleveland, you're back two or two, you're back in the, you know, you're back in the picture. Um, so I just think that Kurt understands, you know, he understands what he has to do as the quarterback and the leader of the team to get this team to a point where they can, you know, they can be, be at a point to win. He knows what he has to do, and I think he's going to go out and do it. He's going to, you know, I'm sure, you know, Gruden and them are going to coach him up like they always say. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just hopeful that, you know, they they make the right adjustments and they make bring in the right game plan to face uh, a Giants defense that 
not going to be not very not weak but not strong. Basically, middle of the road defense. Um, that, and I think that they if they can exploit that defense very well, run the ball like run the ball well with Jones and, and Thompson. Stay with the run. Don't abandon it too quickly. Stay with the run. Get get Matt Jones about 15, 20 carries and let him, do, you know, do his thing. And I think that they can wear that down at defense, and I think they can be victorious uh, this Sunday. But they're not in trouble just yet. Uh, I think it's a little early for, you know, for it to, for it to think that way. And, you know, for the D.C. media to, to come out with that report about offensive players having problems with her cousins and the fan base already asking for Bruton's head and asking for Colt McCoy two games of the season is absolutely asinine. It's like last year y'all were clamoring for Kurt. Even when RG3 was the star, y'all clamoring for Kurt. Then Kurt came in last year, started all 16 games, led us to a division championship. It was all good. Now all of a sudden he was the first two games of the season and all of a sudden it's, y'all want Kurt now. It's like this fan base is too fickle for you. Let Kurt. Oh, I mean, this fan, this fan base is terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was some people actually saying they miss RG3. <laughs> I can't take them bad seriously. I can't. I can't take the bad seriously. I don't have nothing against the dude. I mean, at the end nah. of the day, I, I, I mean, I don't got nothing to say again. I don't got nothing bad to say about the guy. Neither do I, but I'm just like, you know, I just can't take some of these Bama seriously who they were the same Bama's that ran this dude out of town, and now all of a sudden they miss him. It's like, I can't take you seriously at all. Oh, those Bama's. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even listen, I can't to, take them I don't even listen to them no more. <laughs> I don't even but, listen to them uh, no more. But looking at the rest of uh, week two, uh, Vikings were dealt a semi-devastating blow on, on Monday night uh, when – uh, or Sunday night when Adrian Peterson went down with a knee injury, uh, it was revealed that he had a torn meniscus. And uh, the torn meniscus will have him out for about two months, uh, which is the best news possible out of that injury because the way it looked from the way he left the field, it looked like he tore his ACL, which means he would have been done for the season. But it looks like they'll have AP back at least towards the tail end of the season. But Will Minnesota still be in contention to be? Because everybody picked them the pot to be to make a run for the Super Bowl with uh, Teddy Bridgewater being uh, more in tune with this offense and having AP for a full season. But then Teddy B, B went down and uh, all this other stuff. So is Minnesota still uh, a playoff team? A playoff team, yes. I mean, yes, they don't have AP, but I think they have enough where they can sneak into the playoffs as a wild card team. I mean, that defense is still great. Nothing has changed from that. They still have weapons around, oh, shit, Bradford to to get to actually do some damage in that division. So, honestly, I don't think that their playoff run is over. I just don't think – I don't – I ain't going to say there will be a legitimate Super Bowl contender no more. 
I mean, honestly, I think they still can be a playoff team. Well, I mean, the only only real threat in their division would be Green Bay, because uh, Chicago Chicago is shit, and uh, Detroit. I mean, Detroit's Detroit. trying to creep on a come up. They're creeping on a come up, but I mean, you really can't tell which way they're going to go. So their only real exactly. competition is Green Bay, because Green Bay stays consistent year in and year out with uh, A. Rod back there at quarterback and a healthy Jordy Nelson back. I mean, you can't you, you got to know that they're going to always be in playoff contention. But I really think that they that Minnesota definitely can contend for the playoffs. But it'll just depend on if they if they abandon the run game. Even though they have Matt Asiata and uh, that other guy back there running back who are really good running backs. They're not AP, but they're really good. So I I, I think that they should be in the playoff game as well. So uh, why don't we let's check out the the, the pick'em. The, 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 the pick of which we're doing right now on on ESPN and our CEO Poetry currently has a a four point lead on me after last week he had he picked 11 out of 16 correct with uh, one miss and uh, and four incorrect to currently have the lead at 18 I have 14 chill man what happened brother? I don't know man uh, honestly I don't even remember playing last week, but I need to get, actually get back on it because yeah, I got I got I got a lot going on right now. No, I see, I see. Well, I mean, let's 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 take a look at at this week's matchup. Well, let's well let's take a look at last week's matchup. Um, as you know, like the Jets were victorious over the Bills. The Steelers had a victory over the Bengals. Uh, the Ravens defeated the Browns. Uh, it was a close game, 25 to 20. Of course, the Cowboys was a touchdown late in the game. Got a 27-23 victory over the Redskins. Uh, the Titans uh, escaped Detroit with a 16-15 victory. Uh, the Texans defeated the Chiefs 19-12. Uh, the Patriots defeated the Dolphins uh, 31-24. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo actually went down with an injury to his non-throwing shoulder. Uh, we're going to be keeping an eye on his situation. Uh, the Saints were uh, down by the Giants 16-13 to in a very low-scoring affair what many people thought was going to be a shootout similar to the last time they faced each other in which the, which the quarterbacks combined for 13 touchdowns. Um, the Panthers, sheesh, the Panthers absolutely destroyed the 49ers 46-27. Uh, the Rams upset the Seahawks 6-9-3 in a very uh, low-scoring game. Uh, the Cardinals destroyed Tampa Bay 47. Uh, the Falcons were able to beat the Raiders 35-28 in Oakland. Uh, Broncos got a touchdown victory over the Colts 34-20. Uh, the Chargers defeated the Jaguars 38-14, but they they basically walked out in losers because they lost Danny Flint for the season and scored ACL. So in back-to-back weeks, they lost two of their top offensive weapons ACLs, Keenan Allen last week, this week Danny Woodhead. So it'll be interesting to see what the Chargers will do going forward. Uh, the Pack were upset by the Vikings 17-14 on Sunday night. The fight moves AP to the torn meniscus. And the Eagles behind Carson Wentz, who just months ago was thought to not even be that he dressed for the first game, has now gone in and is 2-0 as starting quarterback of the 
Philadelphia Eagles. They won 29-14 over the Bears. Jay Cutler ended up leaving that game in the third quarter after spraining his thumb. Uh, he is actually going to be day to day. So now let's look at week four. I mean, week three. Week three, uh, let's make the pick for week three, shall we? Uh, we're going to start with the yep. Thursday night game. The New England Patriots, possibly with or without Jimmy Garoppolo, again, who's injured in the game again, uh, this past Sunday, are going to be hosting the Houston Texans. So who you got? Oh, I'm going to honestly. I think I'm, going, I'm still going to ride with. I'm going to ride with Houston on this one. Ride with Houston. Interesting. I mean, I'm not going to sleep on whoever New England's quarterback is going to be, but I think Houston will come out as the better team due to the fact that they're healthy. Their defense is better. The play of Brock Osweiler has been good so far. And I don't think New England can match up with Houston's receiving core. That's an interesting pick. I mean, never sleep sleep on Belichick, but, yeah, I might have to for this week. Well, I'm I'm gonna ride with the Patriots. Um, if Jimmy Garoppolo does play, even though it's an injury to his non-throwing shoulder, um, Jimmy Garoppolo has played pretty well in his first two games, uh, sitting in for Tom Brady, who returns after uh, next week. Uh, I think that you know Belichick will have a good game plan against that uh, that South defense with Jay, led by JJ Watt. Uh, I think they win it, but I think it's going to be a very, 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 very close game because, like you, you said it, Brock Osweiler has been playing very, very well uh, starting for the uh, Houston Texans and with DeAndre Hopkins out there as one of his weapons and Lamar Miller in that backfield. They're going to definitely make it very tough on New England to, to, to get a victory at home on Thursday night on a short week. Um, so I'm picking New England, but it's going to be very close. Um, next, the uh, Arizona Cardinals are coming across the uh, coming across the uh, the East Coast to face the Buffalo Bills, who just uh, fired their offensive coordinator uh, after only two starts. Uh, who are you picking in this one? I'm riding with Arizona. I'm going to ride with Arizona. I'm not even going to explain it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be Arizona. I mean, Buffalo just fired their OC after an 0-2 start. They got somebody else at OC. Uh, Rex Ryan, I think, is, is, I think, I just don't think they're going to ride the ship. They're going to go 0-3, uh, even though Arizona's coming across. Uh, two time zones to play this game. I think that they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be the better team. So I'm picking Arizona as well. Uh, Broncos have been doing all right with their starting quarterback uh, Simeon, but they head to Cincinnati and face the Bengals. I'm picking the Bengals. Who are you picking? I'm going to ride with Denver. I mean, as great as the Cincinnati Bengals can be, I think that Denver defense slows down Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. I mean, 
I, I just think I think Denver's defense is is strong enough where it can it can carry Trevor Simeon through games. Nice, nice analysis there. I, I'm right with Cincinnati simply because even though AJ Green did struggle last week against a much less uh, caliber defense. I seriously think that this might be the game that he really shows off, even though, he, again, he is facing a very stout defense in Denver, but I think he does show up. Uh, and I think Gio Bernard, Giovanni Bernard might have a good game as well because of his, you know, dual threat being a good running back and then catching out of the backfield. I think that the Bengals will pull, pull this one out. Like, it, won't be, it won't be easy and it, won't be, it will be close. Uh, Cleveland is heading to uh, heading to South Beach to, to face the Dolphins, who are nine and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, who you got? I'm going to pick Miami. However, uh, I don't see them winning by nine and a, by nine and a half points. This will poss- This will be a closer game than that. I say Cleveland loses by at least one, maybe one touchdown or less. Maybe six points. The six points to be the most. Right. Yeah, I I'm, think this, I'm right is, there with... this is a game Terry Coleman will, Corey Coleman will show off <laughs> again. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that you know Miami wins it, but not by nine and a half. Uh-uh. I I just don't think that uh, Ryan Tannehill is you know has the offense capable. of beating a team by more than two touches by by more than ten points. So I think the Dolphins do win but it'll be close. It'll probably come down to uh three points at at you know at the bare minimum in my opinion. Uh, NFC North matchup, the uh Green Bay Packers favored by seven and a half. Uh host the Detroit Lions. I'm I'm picking the pack. Uh definitely I'm rolling pack, with the pack too. Um I'm not. I don't want to. I'm. I'm going with Green Bay. Uh, nothing against Detroit, but it's Green Bay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're gonna uh, get their revenge from that Hail Mary last year. <laughs> nah, I don't see it either. Yeah, I don't see it either. Green Bay all the way. Green Bay all the way. Uh, the Raiders are coming over to Tennessee to face the Titans, who are favored only by a point and a half. Um, I'm thinking Oakland. I mean, Amari Cooper and, and Michael Crabtree and Derek Carr playing well. Uh, Murray running the ball well. I think Oakland wins. I think they win it by more than a point and a half. They will win it by more than a point and a half. Um, uh, nothing against Tennessee. But Latavius Murray is already having a career season. Then you still have to deal with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree as receivers. Then you have Derek Carr playing some pretty solid football. So right now, I don't see Tennessee really giving them much of a run. I mean, I would say it it, it could be a close game, but nah. It will be decided by more than one point. It will be, I would say, minimum of maybe a fail goal. 
they might keep it within a field goal, but I don't think Tennessee has really enough weapons to match Oakland. There you go. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Oakland's got too many weapons, and they're playing, they are playing some solid ball so far in this season, so I'm definitely going with Oakland. Uh, Panthers, after coming off scrubbing the 49ers at home, are home again, this time to Minnesota without AP and with Sam Bradford at quarterback. <laughs> and they're favored by six Carolina. and a half. Carolina. Of course. Carolina. Of course. Of course. Carolina. Yes. And that Carolina. score will – the minimum of that game will be 10 points. I know I said that Minnesota has enough weapons around Sam Bradford to win and make it to the playoffs, but not in this game. That Carolina defense is still vicious. You know what? I'm going to take that back because, honestly, I I think Minnesota's defense, as good as it is, will keep them in the game. I think this – but I don't think it will be able to completely stop Carolina because they will more than likely be on the field more. I want to say it's going to be a little scoring game, but I think – I think Minnesota's all, uh, defense will get gassed out. <laughs> I have three names for you. Four names, actually. Go ahead. Cam Newton, Greg Olson, Kelvin Benjamin, and Luke Keekley. That's all I got to say. Carolina all the way. That's all I got to say. Carolina all the I way. I mean, they still, have Jonathan, they still have Mike Colbert, Jonathan Stewart. I yeah, want to say Don Funches, but I, I don't think he's going to have impact yet. But, yeah. Calvin, I'm sorry. Calvin Benjamin has been killing since he's been back. I just had to throw that out there. I know. He's <laughs> on my fantasy team. <laughs> he's, on, he's on, I think he's on one or two of mine. All right. Yep. Uh, Redskins Giants. Redskins Giants. I'm going to. I'm going to take Washington Redskins. Okay. I think this is the game that Kirk Cousins rebounds from. He respond, he's going to respond against this New York Giants team. Plus, the fact that the Giants offense isn't what it should be, considering the fact that Victor Cruz is back and they have a healthy Odell back. The run game is still and their defense is good but not great. That's what I was going to say. New York, the Giants' offense has been pedestrian at best. They're not putting up points. They're not really doing anything to make noise, especially with that that dual threat and receiver with uh, OD, OBJ and, uh, and and Victor Cruz. Uh, and they they really don't have a run game to speak of. So they're not going to really keep uh, the Redskins' defense on the field very long without a run game, and the Redskins pass rush is starting to get a lot better. It didn't show in this game against the Cowboys because they were dealing with a very athletic uh, quarterback in Dak Prescott, but I think that going against Eli Manning, who's a little older and not as mobile, I think that they definitely will rebound. Kirk Cousins will definitely rebound as long as they they run the ball and keep the Giants' defense on the field a lot longer, so I'm I'm picking Washington. I'm picking Washington. 
the Ravens, who escaped the, this past week, they're going down to Jacksonville to face Jackie White. Uh, who you got in that one? I'm going to have to take Baltimore on this one. Jacksonville has a solid offense, but you need defense to win games, and Jacksonville doesn't have that yet. I think this game might be very high scoring. Don't, I mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm trying, like I'm laughing, but I think this game will be high scoring. I agree with the Ravens, but I somewhat disagree that it's going to be high scoring because the Ravens' offense isn't as high-powered as it seems. I mean, Steve Smith Sr., let me tell you something about Steve Smith Sr. Let me tell you something about Steve Smith Sr. This dude was going to retire last year after last season until he hurt his Achilles and missed the rest of the season. He worked his tail off to come back to have one more season, and he is showing off. That boy is showing off at, thir- at in his upper thirties. He is showing off, and I think that the I mean, way no that and and the way the Jacksonville Jaguars secondary set up, the way they set up, I don't think they can handle it. So I think the Ravens will win it, but I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as it seems. I think that the Ravens will put up some points, but not a lot. But Steve Smith is definitely going to get his man on that one. Though. I mean, well, but honestly, I think due to both Jacksonville not having the defense and the fact that they really do have a solid offense. I think that's what will make this game very interesting. Because I don't think Baltimore's defense is going to slow down Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Well, we'll see. I mean, you never know. Uh, Tampa Bay Bay hosting the Rams. I really don't even want to explain this. I'm just going to say Tampa Bay. It's funny because I also picked Tampa Bay. Yeah. I think they rebound from that embarrassing loss to Arizona. The Rams, who don't have an offense at all, don't have an offense at all. Um, yeah, Tampa Bay. I mean, I think that Jameis will rebound from the, full, what, four interception game that he had against the uh, Cardinals? I think, yeah, uh, I think he did have four interceptions. I like the, I like the matchup that they will have with Mike. Mike Evans and against against the St. Louis uh, uh, excuse me the Los Angeles Rams. I like that matchup. <laughs> so, uh, my only concern with this one, when it comes to Tampa Bay, I'm picking them to win. But my concern is the health of Doug Martin. Uh, Doug Martin hurt his hamstring in the game in that loss against Arizona. And everybody knows a hamstring injury to a running back is, is it can be very, very severe and critical. Um, so if he plays, I just don't think he's going to be as effective in the run game, which will mean that Tampa Bay could end up being one-dimensional. But I just don't think the Rams will have anything for that pass offense. So I'm still picking Tampa Bay. But, my, but I have a concern about Doug Martin's health. And mostly because he's on, like, a couple of my fantasy teams, so I really need him to, like, be healthy and do some shit. Okay. We're going to move on. I feel you. Seattle is going to be hosting the 49ers in the NFC West matchup. Uh, Seattle's favored by nine and a half points. Um, I'm taking Seattle on this one. Over San Fran. I took Seattle, but 
nine and a half points. I'm not too sold on that. Seattle's offenses look fucking pedestrian. With the great Russell Wilson, Thomas Rawls, who's played his first game Sunday and really didn't do much. Um, I'm looking at this offense. I don't think it's going to light up the scoreboard to be the to be any team by nine points. <laughs> I mean, of course, it, it's going to get better, but right now, I don't see them beating San Fran by nine points. I'm checking Seattle, but. This is going to be another one of those games that they've already had this season. This is going to be another 9-6 of six game. Yeah, it's definitely going to be close. Russell Wilson uh, dealing with an injured uh, ankle has, has not looked like uh, the same guy who led the team to a Super Bowl and then playing at an MVP level. So, that friend, is, is, they're going to they're gonna make it tough, but I just don't see them winning this. Seattle's going to win it, but it's not going to be by much. Uh, yeah, Chargers. I don't, Blaine Gabbard, I don't think Blaine Gabbard has enough to be that defense. <laughs> Man, Blaine Gabbard sucks. Anyway, um, so San Fran oh, does have Carlos Hyde. Okay. Carlos Hyde is a pretty good running back, but I'm just saying, he, he can't do it all. But anyway, uh, Indy is hosting uh, San Diego, who again are now without two of their uh, top offensive weapons. Uh, Danny Woodhead and Keenan Allen both gone for the season with torn ACLs, but uh, Melvin Gordon is just playing in the balling. He's a balling, but I think the Colts will pull it out in a very, very close game. True, true, true. All right, let's make match up. Okay. Uh, the Chiefs and the Jets. Uh, I'm picking the Jets. Hold on, wait. Well, I'm gonna say I, I think I picked the Chiefs. I think this is the game they rebound on. Hey, I think this the is the game where they get their first W on. I, I think Pitts is going to do his thing, so I, I got the Jets. Battle uh, of Pennsylvania, Steelers Eagles. Steelers. The same. I think Carson Wentz gets his first loss here. He's got. He's going to actually face a, a, a legit defense, and I don't think he's ready for that. Um, no. Cowboys, Cowboys, Bears, Sunday night. Who you got? I'm taking Chicago. <laughs> I got, I got the Cowboys. Dak Prescott is just balling out of control, dude. He hasn't thrown a single interception he's, yet, and I think he's going to honestly. He hasn't faced a, he hasn't faced a solid defense. I think Chicago might surprise him. Plus, that Cowboys defense is ass. I know they'll be without Jay Cutler, but they still have Rashawn Jeffrey, and they have Kevin White. Sorry. And they still that's have Chicago... Linkford in the backfield. I'm sorry, but that Chicago Bears defense is shit. <laughs> I think even Dallas's defense can stop them. So I'm go- I, as much as I hate to say it, I got to go with the Cowboys on this one. I'm sorry. I got to. And finally, uh, a heated rivalry, Atlanta and New Orleans on Monday night. I'm sure Poetry's listening. I'm going with the Saints. Uh, if he is, I gotta go with who that nation too because they're at home, and honestly, I think they're a better team than the Atlanta Falcons. Any final thoughts? Uh, Any final words? My final thought. 
my final thought is Drew Brees is going to go off because he's on two of my fantasy teams and he's going to be awesome against his defense. So, yeah, that's my final thought. And I can't wait right, to fight well, the champions. Oh, yeah, me either. Uh, well, everybody, it's been real. It's been fun, but you got to go. <laughs> oh, don't forget, y'all. Don't forget, y'all. Mike Check returns tomorrow night. Uh, yours truly and the newest member of the Mike Check team, Lady C, will be back. We'll be at it. We're going to be talking about uh, guess who's back. Uh, come back to the RSU came back from that first week to really shine. And we're going to be talking about the difference between the game and the field. I got to talk about that. So, so definitely tune in tomorrow night for Mike Check. We'll be back at it. So make sure you tune in for that. <laughs>